Good afternoon. I'm your host, Perry Wilson. My co-host Wes is out tonight as his pet African dwarf frog recovers from surgery. And now to Ollie Williams with the weather. It's going to rain! Thanks, Ollie. <laughs> Wes wanted me to open that way. <laughs> anyway, our good friend Corey Miller is going to be filling in for Wes today as we rank our top five Studio Ghibli films for an anime novice with Kelly the host of Fanimated, an animation fan podcast. Before we get to that, I've got 10 questions for Corey to get to know him a bit better and see if he really is Wes replacement material. So we'll see you on the other side. What's up, everybody? We are back again. Episode 28. And someone is in the studio with me, and his name is not Wesley. Who are you, stranger? My name is Corey Miller. Corey Miller. Guys, if you're wondering where is Wes, well, he has decided to take this time where away from school and um, go bury himself in a hole on a beach in Florida. And he thinks that is the best way to keep him from getting... The, uh, the the virus of which we will not speak of. Which might be tested. Which, yes, it will, we will see. So yeah, Wes is gone. Wes is in Florida, um, and he's enjoying a little sunshine down there. But I figured I would take this opportunity to talk about a subject very near and dear to my heart that Wes knows nothing about, and that is Studio Ghibli. So in a little bit, we're going to get into that, talking about the top five Studio Ghibli movies for an anime novice specifically. So basically, movies you need to try out if you've never tried out Studio Ghibli before. And Corey's going to help me with that, aren't you, sir? I'm going to try my best. And what qualifies you to be a good Wes replacement? Not much. Not much? Not much. You're not super tall in stature, so... I'm not super tall in stature. I have a little bit more hair. You do have some hair. Uh, I don't wear glasses. You don't? I don't drive a big red truck. Nope. Do you like NASCAR? I I do not like NASCAR, but I like racing. But I like foot racing, running, (sighs) specifically. How do you feel about a Goofy movie? You know, I recently watched it about two weeks ago. Uh-huh. My roommate and I, Grant, watched the movie, mm-hmm. loved it. Great. Great movie. All right. Well, uh, it's episode 28, so we couldn't really think of someone offhand that was number 28, and maybe that's because we totally forgot sports exist at this point. Potentially, with all of the uh, demise going on uh-huh. to the sports world, thanks to uh, Coronas. Mm. Coronas. Uh, yeah. So... <laughs> Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to see the sports world tumble as it is. It is, and there I've do I've been doing a lot of um, sitting at home, staring at a window, longingly wishing that the sports mm. were back on TV. I've been counting the number of fingers on my hands a lot. Um, pretty entertaining. And how many? How many do you have? Uh, sometimes it, it kind of varies. I think I average at ten. Sometimes I get nine. Sometimes I get eleven. It depends on averaging at ten. But is, I average at ten. It's so. probably good. Probably good. yeah, it's pretty good. So, but we did go with uh, using a little help from our friend the internet. Marshall Falk was the number twenty-eight. Yeah, a St. Louis Ram, a Indianapolis Colt. An Indianapolis Colt. Yes. Uh, those we we played sports in Indianapolis one time, and he I think he has his number uh on the the Ring of Honor in Indianapolis in Lucas Oil Stadium. Solid player. Episode twenty-eight. The Marshall Falk episode. All right, Corey, I have a few questions that I think will be fun to I'm, introduce. I'm nervous. You I'm nervous for this to our audience. You have no idea what the questions no, are. None at all. So, guys, so Wes has been on every episode at this point. So you know, you know a lot about Wes. Uh, you know his opinions in Star Wars, his opinions in Marvel, some of his favorite animated movies, his his favorite villains, his favorite whatever. You know a lot about 
Wes through the 27 episodes that we've released thus far. And you know nothing about Corey. So we're going to go through. I've got 10 questions for you guys to get to know Corey. And hopefully he answers these correctly. Just kidding. There's no correct answers, but there is wrong answers. What is your favorite color? Yellow. No. Blue. <laughs> What's that from? That's from Monty Python. Oh, that's right. Yes. Uh, what's your, yes. <laughs> our first question, uh, throwing it back to our fourth episode, I believe. Corey, what were some of your favorite TV shows to watch as a kid? I really liked Pokemon as a kid. I remember when we first got Netflix and I could get the mail-in discs. Hmm. And so we could mail in the Pokemon disc. I really loved um, DuckTales, the Adventures ah, of DuckTales. DuckTales, woo! That was just uh, just the adventure of yeah. that show was yeah. a lot of a lot of fun to me. Ben Ten, Ben Ten. Who okay, who doesn't love? They still ben make 10? that show. I have not watched that in I'm a long sure time. Pretty sure they still make it. Maybe wow, or a version of it. Wow, I can't believe that. Yeah, Simpsons was a particular interest of mine when I was really little. When you were really little, when you I was really the little. That doesn't I think, make sense. I think to my me. parents made some bad decisions. <laughs> but when I was little, I used to measure time in Simpsons episodes. My parents would say, "This is going to take us two hours to do this." And I say, "Okay, it's going to take four Simpsons episodes. I can do that." All of elementary school, I was watching The Simpsons. I probably didn't understand a lot of the jokes in the show, but it's like what I grew up with. That blows my not mind. not the best thing to grow up. That with. blows my mind, considering we had we had Swampy on here who worked on The Simpsons probably during right. that that time. Right. And he said one thing that they, they love The Simpsons, but one thing that they wanted to do, to do for Phineas and Ferb was if, if any jokes were then to a kid were then asked to their parents, what does this mean? If the parent doesn't feel comfortable explaining that joke, then the joke was too dirty. Right. <laughs> That's funny that you were watching that show as an elementary school kid, because right. I imagine you were asking your parents, what does this mean? <laughs> a lot. And speaking of shows that are still going, The Simpsons mm-hmm. still going. However, oh, yeah. I have not watched a new Simpsons episode since I was probably in high school. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, interesting answer. All right. The Simpsons. Number two. This is back from episode number six, I believe. Give me an underrated and an overrated Disney animated movie and why. I'll start with my underrated. Okay. I think that the movie Dinosaur is a little bit underrated. I that might be a little bit of nostalgia from me from mm-hmm, getting the mm-hmm. McDonald's hand puppet toys. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, absolutely. I think they were oh. Burger King though. Oh, they were Burger King? Yes. Yeah. So those were awesome. And I probably had three of the same one. <laughs> Always <laughs> I, trying to get the new one. I definitely and I just never them as never well. never got any different one. But <laughs> was it Nira or Aladar? I don't remember. I think those were the only two, and then they had the Carnotaur as well. I did not have the Carnotaur. Okay. I do not remember which one I had. But that movie, as a kid, was just so exciting. Uh-huh. Um, I haven't watched it in a long time. I should probably go back and rewatch it. It might have had Crone as well. I don't remember. Movie I'm going to say is overrated. I'm going to go with Aladdin. And why is that? I think that their movies are just a lot better. And you've heard that that I've said it's my favorite too. So I have heard that, and maybe that's, that's not why, why I'm saying okay. it's overrated. I think Aladdin might have even been. It was either Aladdin or Lion King were the first movies that I ever saw. So there would there would be a lot of nostalgia mm. coming from those. So just because I need to make sure you're not putting down my favorite Disney movie, would you say Aladdin is overrated just overall, or is it just overrated when you're saying it's your number one? 
Like, where maybe would you put it? I think that it definitely would be like upper middle pack. Mm-hmm. So like but I don't think I don't 20s. think it's yeah I don't think it's top ten. Fair enough. I don't think that Jafar is a strong enough villain. Ooh. I know you might disagree with that. Ah, uh, but you, I mean, you still got to love pain. Robin Williams' genie. Yes. Fantastic. All right. All right. Well, and I agree with you on Dinosaur Dinosaur. It's very, very underrated. People can give that some love. It's got, it's got, it actually looks pretty darn good for what they tried to do. And it used a studio that has never been used again. Oh. They founded that studio. I forget what it was called. The studio that made Dinosaur. They founded it for the movie. And then never use it again, except for doing some effects on Kangaroo Jack and then closing. I did like the animation. I remember when the when the world was with the asteroids were coming in. Mm-hmm. Those looked really real to me. Question number three: If you were stuck, have you? Well, first of all, have you been to Disney World in your lifetime? I have not. Have not. I did. I don't get to vacation a lot. Well, I'm going to ask you this question anyway. Understand? Because it's written down. If you were stuck on a Disney World ride for 24 hours. What would it be? And this is throwing it back to episode 11, our Disney World Build-A-Park that I did with my cousin Ben. I think it would have to be the ride that goes through the Animal Kingdom. Okay. Kilimanjaro Safaris? Is that what you're talking about? I don't know the name. Uh I've never been. But I would say that because it's probably a little more chill. Sounds good to me. Kilimanjaro Safaris, I believe that's what you're you're thinking of. And that that would be a decent decent ride to be on for 24 hours as long as the lions don't get hungry. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> um, number four, I believe, is Hans, a top five villain. I don't remember when we talked about this, Wes and I, but we have definitely talked about this. And... He thinks Hans is a top five villain. What do you think? Oh, maybe it was our Frozen episode when we when, when we broke down Frozen. That was that was a good episode. Yes. I think that Hans is a top tier villain. Mm. I haven't ranked the villains, so it'd be hard for me to just immediately put him at the top five. But I think the fact that when I'm watching that movie to this day, I'm still rooting for Hans at the beginning of the movie. Okay. I still want Hans to be with Anna at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Un- until he... Until he makes that that switch. Well, yeah, because he's he he gives literally zero indication of being evil at any point. I know. I just like they're finishing each other's sandwiches. Yeah, exactly. I think that's why he's a top tier villain. It's because he has me fooled mm. even to this day. But it's only because there is absolutely no way to 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 figure it out otherwise. Like there's but that's such no a genius foreshadowing. Idea. I think that idea is genius. But it makes me think that they didn't know that he was going to be the villain until late in the process. That's what I think, but I don't know. I can understand that. And then a follow-up to that is Scar, a top five villain. I do not think that Scar is a top five villain. So you are a pretty comparable West today, aren't you? I must be. (laughs) I think that Scar's villain song is Mm. fantastic. Okay. But I do not think that he is a top five villain just because I don't think he's all that threatening. I think mm. that at any point, you know, teenage Simba could take down old Scar. Interesting. All right. Well, if you want to find out officially who the best villains are, go to thecinemacycle.com and find my villain ranking. Shameless plug. Then you can you can find out for yourself. Uh, cool. Number, what are we on? Five? Rank your top three Star Wars movies. My top three Star Wars movies. This is going to go... Episode seven. Okay. Wait, no, I take that back. Episode six, episode five, Rogue One. 
So episode six, episode five, Rogue One. Episode six, Return of the Jedi. Episode five, Empire Strikes Back. Rogue One. I don't like that Rogue One's there, but I, I appreciate that you have six five there and not three as your top. I New Hope isn't like Hope, um, amazing. I don't think it's still a Star Wars movie, so right. it's still like. Well, I meant like Sith Revenge of the Sith, where both Wes and David in episode. Oh, I thought you said episode four. No, episode three. Both Wes and David had that as their number one. Yeah, nope, not mine. Thank you. Cool. So he has said six five Rogue One. All right, we're learning about Corey. He's catching up with all of our episodes. All right, question number six: Shrek or How to Train Your Dragon? How to Train Your Dragon for sure. Okay, which of the of the How to Train Your Dragon movie, movies is your favorite? Ooh, that's a that's a tough one. I think I'm gonna go with the second one. It has so much action in it. It has a lot of emotion in it, and the animation is just a little bit better than the first one. In the first one, there are some scenes where you can kind of see some of the flaws in the animation, I feel, whereas in the second one and the third one, third one has the best animation by far. Oh, yes. But, you know, it's five years later than the second one. Yeah. Um, but theoretically, that question was kind of a throwback to our non-Disney animated, which was like episode like eight or something like that. Uh, question number seven, is Toy Story 1 through 3 a trilogy? Yes. Nice. And why do you think so? I think that Toy Story 1 through 3 were the original planning. Mm-hmm. They, they planned to do three movies. But then when they saw the success, they just got money hungry and mm-hmm. made a fourth one. It also doesn't fit in with the rest of it. It's like, you like are you going to say that Star Wars isn't a trilogy because there's 11 movies now? Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. You hear that, Wes? Toy Story is a trilogy. And then there's the, the fourth one that exists on its own. This is a throwback to our, I think, episode, oh man, when was it? Like 22, our Google autofill episode. Corey, do bald guys have a chance? No. Tough. Tough. All right. Well, question number nine. Describe a Goofy movie in 30 seconds. The Goofy movie is a story about a son and a dad going on a adventure. Mm Mm-hmm. You need to do better. You got. You got to use thirty seconds. What? Are the, what? Ha- what's? What's the driving? I'll give you. I'll give you a second chance. I'll give you a second chance. You got a love story. You got power line. You got Pete and PJ. You got. Come on. You got thirty seconds. And wait. Three, two, one, go. The Goofy movie is a love story between Max and I do not remember her name. Oh, it's not about her, but it's more about the dad. Continue. Sorry. You do your thing. But the, the the love story between Max and the girl and Max and Goofy. Okay. Father, son, bonding. Uh-huh. So they... This is bad. You're struggling. I'm Didn't really you struggling. just say that you watched this watched movie? Like two weeks ago. <laughs> two weeks ago? I, I'm not... I got to write it down. Um, this is why this is but if I let you write it down it wouldn't be this I know, funny I know. do you want it to be bad uh, no it, yes I do want it to be bad it's funnier <laughs> it's funnier that. that way <laughs> okay continue <laughs> <laughs> you've got uh, you've got 15 more seconds I paused you so what happens tri- what happens on a journey there's trials there's failures there's successes mm. There are, there's power line concerts, which I want to go to in real life. There's the perfect cast, uh-huh, which five, I think is the four. The theme of the whole movie is perfect cast. Three, two, two oh one. My gosh. All right. 
That was not great. Um, that was really rough. I was not expecting that. Yeah, I hope I want somebody to just like take out like just cut out his description and then let somebody else listen to it and see if they can figure out what movie he's talking about. But oh gosh, for you guys that maybe are super confused, a goofy movie is a legendary movie about a father and a son who have a frayed relationship. Uh, Max wants nothing but to be close to Roxanne, but Goofy wants nothing to make sh- but to make sure that he and his son have a great relationship. He takes us on a road trip that he does- that the Max does not want to go on. Max just wants to go see Powerline in Los Angeles, so he changes the map. Uh, unbeknownst to-, to Goofy, Pete the whole time is trying to get Goofy to have a a tighter. Uh, leash on his son. They end up going to the Powerline concert. Goofy and Max have a falling out uh, on their way there, but be- come to an understanding and Goofy helps Max get on screen at the Powerline concert so that he can impress Roxanne and he goes home and he and Roxanne and he and Goofy's relationships are as good as they have been. And the movie has a happy ending. Wow. I feel like... And Powerline I just a like bop it's- of a I- song at the end. Oh, that's a good song. Uh, I... Feel like a letdown. You are a letdown. I know. My parents tell me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but you are just our backup, Wes, our replacement, Wes. So can't expect, can't expect much. Wes, Wes is probably listening to this on the beach. Actually, it's, he'll be off the beach by the time this comes out. But he's probably listening to this, going, "Man, I should not have left Perry. I left Perry alone. <laughs> that's right. It's okay, guys. It's okay. He, he's he's learning. All right, we're on to number ten. What? Disney song do you jam to in the car? Let it go. Let it go. He says let it go. That's the one he jams to in the car. I just watched Frozen 2 last night on Disney+. Plus. You know, I haven't seen Frozen 2 yet, but it came out on Disney+. Plus, yes. And I'm probably going to watch it. You should. But that, that's more from a thing from high school. Mm. A, lot of, a lot of just people in my high school, no particular group, jammed out to let it go all the time. Just in the hallway, in the car. So mm-hmm. just kind of a carryover from that. It's kind of a lame one, but no, I mean, it's who I am. That's who you are. Would you have picked that if you were in our draft, the uh, our Disney song draft, episode number 26, I believe. Would you have picked that as your number one pick? Potentially. I think I would have taken James' route of segregating the songs into categories, and so it would have fallen as one of my top picks in Power Ballads, for sure. Interesting. All right. Good answer. Good answer. Cool. All right. Bonus question, and this will determine whether you make it on to our next <laughs> segment. Yes. <laughs> Just kidding. You can answer however you want. I, I, I don't want you to feel pressured. Can you make a milkshake without milk? Yes. <laughs> Explain. Explain. I think that if you stir the the ice cream up enough that you will end up with milk anyway. That's not how that works, Corey. That's not how that works. Oh, that's so much pain. First Aladdin and now milkshakes. Oh. Guys, you cannot make a milkshake without milk. Have you ever made a milkshake before? Lots of them. I love making milkshakes. Do you ever work in the food industry? I have worked in about four different food industry-related places. Number one, KFC. No milkshakes there. Number two, McDonald's. Did make milkshakes there, but they were out of a uh, like a soft-serve machine. Right, right, right. Kind of thing. And See, I think that's where I'm getting it from. That doesn't really count because that's just... They have like a little mix that just is a milkshake. They don't mix anything. But right. I've also been to Stick and Shake a fair amount of times in my life and I know they use milk separately and I've also been to like some, you know how there's like kind of a fad now, a trend now of like those really expensive milkshake oh, restaurants. Yeah. You know oh, what I'm yeah. talking there's about? There's one in town. There's one here. There's one in Nashville that I went to last year that like 15, 12 bucks for a milkshake 
and a lot of them will have like a cookie on it or a piece of cake on or top or something they have like that. M&Ms lining yep, the glass. Exactly. Oh. Yep. And it's literally just uh diabetes in a bottle or in a can- in a mason jar type thing. Um but they always have milk in the back and they're always using milk to when they make it separately from ice cream. So just so you know that. Um Yeah, I mean, I will say that a milkshake is better with milk. But you think that but, if, think but that you, you think if you it. just take ice cream and stir it it becomes a milkshake. Enough. So is there a point where there's a separating point where it's like three layers, like ice cream and then stir it and then milkshake and then stir it more and you've melted ice cream. There's no, there's an actual in between. There's like a, a, a purgatory or whatever that is of, oh, a, wow. of, of ice cream. <laughs> a, a dark place. <laughs> there's a purgatory before ice cream goes into its melted ice cream state and that state, that purgatory is milkshake. <laughs> that, that is where milkshake is. All right. It's an ice cream purgatory. Cool. We've purgatory. learned something today. I disagree with it, but hey. That's what that's what we've got. All right, guys. Well, thank you for sticking with us through that. You hopefully know Corey a little bit. We've kind of gone back through the journey of how he would have fared in some of our older episodes. And you can go back and, and think about what Wes would have said for some of those uh, to see if he's a decent replacement, Wes. Regardless, we're now going to bring in someone that is very qualified to talk about our next topic, which is top five Studio Ghibli movies for an anime novice. Kelly will be on the line from Fanimated Podcast, and we're going to be talking about that topic. Uh, We'll be back in just a second to talk more about Studio Ghibli. Right, guys and with us with Corey and I Corey's still here in case you're wondering <laughs> is now Kelly from Hello. the Fanimated podcast Kelly how are you doing today I am doing so so well how are you guys doing phenomenally I'm pretty fantastic all things considered <laughs> yes, we're in Indiana yes. weather's a little better today it was snowing Some yesterday snow on the ground mm-hmm. where's your home base Kelly I'm in central Iowa so we also had snow Ooh. yesterday, but it has all melted, so that's good. Mm, that is good. We don't like snow. At least I don't. Corey, how do you feel about snow? Uh, you know, it depends on what I'm doing. If I'm <laughs> sledding, I love snow. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> so, Kelly, you are the host of the Fanimated Podcast. Mm-hmm. Can you explain a little bit about what you guys do over there? Absolutely. So, Fanimated is an animation fan podcast where we get a chance to geek out about our favorite animated media. So that could be anything ranging from television to films, video games, anything that's animated, we talk about it. So um, every episode is a different title. And um, and we just kind of discuss the story and characters and why we love it. And any um, kind of we try to go into the animation technical aspects of things sometimes and just kind of, you know, celebrate the wonderful medium that is animation. Sounds very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've listened to quite a few of your episodes. I went back and listened to the How to Train Your Dragon one because I mm-hmm. love How to Train Your Dragon, as all my yes. listeners know. And then I found out that's like your favorite movie ever. So <laughs> good movie. So that was that was fun to go back and, uh, and listen to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you seen the – I'm assuming you've seen the TV show as well? I have, yes. I've seen um, – Yes, all of the television shows. Um, <laughs> definitely, I love them so so much. It's so great. 
So uh, how did you get into anime specifically? And um, how many of these Studio Ghibli movies have you seen? Excellent question. Um, I first remember seeing the first one I ever saw was um, Spirited Away because it used to be on Cartoon Network a lot. And so I was kind of introduced early on, but I didn't really get into anime like a lot until college. I watched um, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, and that kind of set me on my path to watching a lot of anime. So, um, and just like watching all of the Studio Ghibli films and any animation from all over the world, really. Uh, so, yeah, definitely, um, probably more within the past, like, you know, five, eight years or so. Sweet. Corey, what about those- yourself? Well, I got started when I started watching Avatar The Last Airbender, which mm. is a fantastic TV series. And some people won't consider it like yeah. anime. Because it is like fully <laughs> made in the US, right? Yes. And yeah. technically mm-hmm. anime is supposed to be from Japan. Okay. But that's what got me into anime. Mm-hmm. So watching that, I started to watch a few of the series that my friends were really into. One of them was Attack on Titan, which is yes. very, very uh, blood and gore involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then one of my friends got this box set for Christmas of Studio Ghibli movies and handed it to me and said, you need to watch these, but don't watch like these two. So I've seen 19 of the Studio Ghibli movies. I've probably seen, I've seen 20, but I haven't seen Ponyo recently. Uh, so that's one you're, inclu- you're including as the ones you haven't seen? Yeah, okay. I'm going to include that in one that I haven't seen just because I don't remember much from the okay. movie. Mm-hmm. Or the other ones, just in case the, you disclaim ones that aren't going to be on your list just because you haven't seen them. The other two I haven't seen are Only Yesterday and Ocean Waves because I couldn't find any way to watch those. Ah, fair enough. Yeah, I should probably mention too, Only Yesterday is one I haven't seen as well as Pompoco. So those are the ones that are um, ones I haven't seen quite yet. Well, uh, I'm going to answer that question as well. And before any of our listeners uh, head for the hills and look for another podcast to listen to, if they're if they are freaking out about anime, you know, like a lot of people, you know, hear anime and be like, oh, that's so weird. And that was me like a year ago. So um, to answer that question of like how I got into anime, uh, about a, even up to about a year ago, I was kind of I had like an animosity towards anime i thought it was strange i didn't like it i didn't like the art and i've always been a huge animation geek um but then i think it was uh, a friend of mine was has was telling me that i needed to go see spirited away with him in theaters they had an event going on a fathom event um last maybe march and so i had heard how great spirited away was i'd seen it on a lot of people's rankings of like top 100 animation movies animated movies ever so i'm like all right if i'm gonna you know call myself a amateur movie critic and lover of animation, then I need to see spirited away. So I went and saw it really enjoyed it. It wasn't like, you know, having seen now uh, 17 studio Ghibli movies, it's not um, like the best of the best in my opinion, like a lot of people think it is, but it definitely showed me that there's like a whole different style of art with Japanese animation. And it's really not the anime that people think of when they think of anime, they think of like Dragon Ball Z or like what I was exposed to was my roommates watching uh, Yu-Gi-Oh and Digimon, which I was like, man, these are, these shows are not my thing. Mm. You know, it's a little rough. And anime has changed so much since all of those things as well. Yes. Yes. And it has so many of its own categories within itself oh, yeah. that you could, f- I, I think that almost anybody could find anything, you know, in anime 
we could find some sort of genre Mm -hmm. or um, at least like one season of a show, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There's an anime out there. The ones that I have not seen. Yeah. I think the the only ones I haven't seen are at this point Tales of Earthsea, uh, The Cat Returns, Ocean Waves, and Only Yesterday, I believe. Oh, also The Tale of Princess Kaguya. I was. was really bummed that I didn't get to see that one. Actually, I also haven't seen when Marnie was there. So decent, mm-hmm. decent number that aren't going to be on my list just because of that. But uh, I, I thought it was funny, Kelly, that you mentioned um, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood mm-hmm. because as soon as I had watched Spirited Away and liked it, my uh, my friends, actually Wes specifically, um, and his girlfriend were then like, okay, you need to watch Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Yes. You'll really enjoy it. <laughs> And so I got that into also, that. That was that. also one of my first full-length like TV shows. Yep. Mm-hmm. Got into that, and after that, it was it was history. Started <laughs> watching some Ghibli's like crazy, and was hooked. So yeah, Full Metal Brotherhood especially is my number one anime of all time ever. So that's an awesome one to start with. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Really, I didn't think. So I saw your end of the year. Or end of the decade. Uh, mm-hmm. Was it is Brotherhood not in the decade? Is that why it wasn't in your? Yeah, it your wasn't list? on my top ten of the twenty tens list because it, even though it was ending at the beginning of the decade, um, I only included titles that had started within uh, twenty ten and uh, up to twenty nineteen. So it didn't quite make the cut of the decade, but it would be definitely number one anime. Um, of all time, really. So for me personally, have you, have you watched the original full metal alchemist as well? Yes. So (laughs) how I started actually was I started watching, um, because I saw that all this full metal stuff like online somewhere and I was like, this looks really interesting. I want to watch it, but I didn't know anybody who had seen it. So I was just researching like, okay, there seems to be like two different series. Like where do I even start? Right. And I saw that full metal alchemist came first and then brotherhood came after. And I was like, you know what? I'll just stick with um, whatever came out first. So I actually did watch full metal alchemist, all of it in its entirety um, before I watched the brotherhood version, which is amazingly better, like (laughs) way, way better. Um, So yes, I have seen full metal alchemist. I have not gone back to rewatch it ever because brotherhood is just so much better. And if you are listening and you're thinking about watching one of those two, definitely go Brotherhood. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I have a great time with it. Yeah, so I guess that's not where we're ranking today, but there, <laughs> we basically all just ranked Brotherhood very highly. So if you're looking yeah. for a, a anime series to get started with, that's a great one. But we are hopefully going to get uh, some of our listeners, at least, at least that's the, that's the goal, uh, to check out the greatest anime studio or even just animation studio out of Japan uh, in Studio Ghibli uh, today by doing a top five Studio Ghibli movies for an anime novice. So Wes is not an anime novice, but I'm kind of aiming this at him as someone who's watched, you know, some shows. He's watched Brotherhood. He's watched, uh, he watches Haiku, Haiku. I don't know how you say that. Haiku. Um, The volleyball yeah the volleyball anime um, so good i'm not super interested in that one but sports anime is a 
interesting category. Just high it school is. anime, just dra- high school drama anime, not my thing, but he loves that. And so he, he's not he's not an anime novice, but I am kind of a- aiming this at him and listeners like him that have never checked out Ghibli and need to. So this is these are the ones that you might need to start out with. These are really good ones to start out with. Yes. For sure. And it doesn't mean that it's our ne- necessarily our our favorite. This does not correlate with our specific top five favorites. Definitely not. But it's mm, no. the ones that you guys need to check out and get started with. So, Kelly, you are our guest. Well, I guess Corey's also our guest, but you're our <laughs> guest that's on the phone. So we're going to let you get started with your number five, and then we'll just take turns um, going counting down. And then at the end, I'm going to round out my top 10, and you guys will also have the opportunity to do the same. Awesome. Um, well, I was really excited that you wanted to do this topic, um, especially geared toward novices of Studio Ghibli or anime in general. Um, so with thinking about that, I was like, okay, well, there are so many different types of people. And like Corey mentioned earlier, there's anime for everyone. Um, so I kind of ranked these and thought about the different types of audiences and the t- different genres um, within Studio Ghibli that like people might resonate with. So my number five is really great for um, kids and just families in general and has some fun fantasy stuff. It is Hayao Miyazaki's 1989 film, Kiki's Delivery Service. Great. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good start, I would say. Mm-hmm. Kiki's Delivery Service. It's definitely one of my favorites for kids. And it's just like a fun, lighthearted fantasy adventure about a teenage witch and kind of a coming of age story, which is really nice. Did you watch that uh, recently leading into the to the episode again? Or is that something that you, you've loving it, you've been thinking fondly of for a long time? It's definitely one that I've thought fondly of for a long time. It's probably, it's just like a go-to feel-good movie for me, definitely. And um, we, we recently did an episode on it for Fanimated. So it's kind of on the brain. Um, but yeah, it's definitely just one I really, really enjoy and resonate with, um, you know, as anyone I think who's, you know, starting adulting, hashtag adulting life, you know, so it's Kiki's like (laughs) Kiki's adventure in adulting. (laughs) Yes, we can both relate to that. It is a very topical, topical (laughs) movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, why would you say that is a good one for an anime novice to check out? I think it's a really like kind of calm start to enter into like some of the fantasy elements that a lot of Ghibli has because um, like you had said with Spirited Away um, can get kind of out there. Uh, so maybe starting a smaller with because um, Kiki's world is not magical in any way. It's just her herself. She is a witch and there are witches. Um, and so it's a good start there. And it's just a really fun, engaging, charming story um, for all ages and um you know just a lot of fun yeah Corey. i mean do you have anything to add to what she said about kiki i think that uh i never thought about the fact that her world isn't magical but just she Mm -hmm. is yeah i Mm -hmm. I would totally i totally agree very approachable very approachable movie yeah Mm -hmm. i think it was the second studio ghibli movie i had ever seen uh the first one i watched on dvd so I, I I like Kiki a lot. Um, it's very carefree and uh, just fun, lighthearted. So, you know, you need some you need some fun movies sometimes. You know, that aren't gonna mm-hmm. gonna get you roped into a, like a tragedy or get you roped into a you know edge of your seat adventure. 
So it's just a lighthearted, um, fun, short little ninety minutes. I think mm-hmm. of yeah, of, run, of runtime watch. isn't runtime isn't too long. I'm, yeah. I'm Kiki's. No. So I think it's one twenty five or one twenty nine or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, looks like about an hour forty. So cool. All right, Kiki is Kelly's number five. I think that brings us to me. That brings you us to you, Corey. And I didn't have a lot to say because Kiki is also my number five, ah. and I wanted to <laughs> save some things for for my number five. So. Yeah, so I have I have some stats here from websites people in the audience might be familiar with. So Rotten Tomatoes has Kiki Delivery Service at a 97% for critics and an 88% for audience. IMDb has it at a 7.6, and it is number 14 on my list. Mm. So it doesn't even rank that high on my list, but I still love this movie. So you're movie. saying if you're ranking every single... One, it's number fourteen. It's number fourteen. But it's your five for ones. It's to five. For, it's five for people for, uh, for anime novices to start out to like mm-hmm. to enter into. Yes. Okay, I, I, I totally agree with what Kelly was saying. It's a very approachable movie. I think, especially for Western audiences, this is going to be um, the type of fantasy elements that like they're used to, witches and flying brooms. That's very um, understood in like Western culture. So it's not too out there where some other Ghibli movies get into like the Japanese spirits that we're just not so mm-hmm. familiar with. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, the, the coming of age story, I totally, it's very just relatable to a lot of people. Um, and Gigi. Don't and, Gigi. And, oh, Gigi is <laughs> just in the, hilarious. In the dub. Oh my gosh. So um, he is so funny, especially the scenes where he is like pretending to be a toy. I love, and there's the dog. Oh, I just love that. I love those. Oh, I love man. those scenes. Um, Maybe we should get this out of the way. Are are we watching these in the dub or the sub? For me, it was about half and half. It was whatever I could find it in. So for this mm-hmm. one, I watched in a dub, and I was able, so I was able to watch it while I was running. Actually, okay, nice, cool. I I love to watch um, dubbed, especially when I'm first watching an anime. I like I try to get it dubbed so that I can just enjoy the visuals and not have to worry about reading subtitles. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of times, I do have to. Well, especially like new stuff, I definitely have to watch subbed just because it's not dubbed yet. And I'd rather just see it and know what happens, you know. Um, but I would say most of the time, especially for these films, I'm watching the English dubbed version. Maybe for those who don't know, a dubbed movie is where they take the movie and mm-hmm. put English language over it instead of just English subtitles under it. Mm-hmm. So when we say dubbed, that's what we're talking about. And if yep. we say subbed, it's just like the, the English text mm-hmm. so you have to read the movie while you're watching. And Disney did all of the dubs for the Studio Ghibli movies. Um, so they're all really good and they all have famous voice actors. And I, I always, so far, have gone with the dubs because, first of all, I'm not an anime purist, at least not yet. <laughs> and... Uh, but and most am, of the listeners probably aren't either. An animation kind of purist, so I want to be watching the animation, the visuals, like you said, Kelly. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to feel like I'm doing homework um, while <laughs> watching a movie, so I don't want to be reading the subtitles. Uh, so I always go with the dub for now. Uh, at some point, I'll probably go back and and maybe check one out uh, at one at a time in the sub. But but yes, yeah, so we're primarily talking about the English dubs. It sounds like. Yep. with these movies especially for the novices that are getting into it and yep. with miyazaki movies with miyazaki yeah. movies where the animation is one of the biggest pulls to mm-hmm. the movie i mean I've, I've watched a few videos of the voice actors talking about the movies and they they love the animation itself i think more than they love voice acting for the movies sometimes so <laughs> cool 
So we've only talked about one movie so far, and it's Kiki. You guys both have <laughs> Kiki as your number five. Um, so I put together, and Corey and I both were trying to figure out um, where what is the general consensus for where where people rank the Studio Ghibli movies because it seems like there's such a widespread, like more than a lot of other studios, of like what's the best. Um, it seems like every single movie has some people that just love it and some people that maybe not so much. So I, we, I put together just a little bit of, uh, data. Uh, I put 15 different rankings I found online into a spreadsheet to figure out kind of the, the common consensus about each of these. And Kiki's was, um, let's see, Kiki's, the average position was the sixth highest, um, at an average position of seven point, was that seven point seven three? And um, so yeah, the sixth sixth highest on average rated movie. So it's usually a pretty well thought of movie. Um, one of the rankings even had a number one. The data that I had together put Kiki's at number four. If I'm if I'm reading my data correctly. Okay. Yeah. So it's it's generally a very well thought of movie. And Corey, you saying you had it at your number fourteen? That would be considered very low by most people. So yeah. Yeah. Check that one out for sure. All right, for my number five, I went with what a lot of Ghibli fans would consider a dark horse pick, but I watched this one recently and really enjoyed it and couldn't figure out why it seems like most people have this one rated um, quite a bit lower. I'm putting The Secret World of Arietti, number five, as as, uh, a movie that I think a Ghibli novice might really enjoy starting out with. Um, It's not one of the most highly thought of movies and i think that's because it's so simple it doesn't even really feel like anime um it's so essentially the secret world of arietti is based off of the borrowers which um, is a 1952 novel but it's had other tv series it's had an american tv series for a while i think but then 2010 um I think it was Isao Takahata, is that right? Made Arietti, or is it somebody no, else? No, no. Uh, Hiramasa Yonabayashi? I don't know. Yeah, I think that might this have been is the only... Movie. No, no, I guess he did when Marnie was there too, but yeah, mm-hmm. he hasn't done many movies for Ghibli. Um, so, I don't know. I really enjoyed it. I was not... Maybe it was the fact that I was going in it with low expectations, and it was. It had a lot of heart. It was really simple. The It juggled this um, situation of... I always talk about the, uh, the scale of the plot. So if a movie has a plot with like no scale, um, like such as my neighbor, the Yamada, my neighbors, the Yamadas, there's like no scale to the plot in that movie at all. Um, but the, this, this movie juggles the scale of like this girl that is a small little borrower and hers, the scale of her plot is huge. Like, you know, life altering life or death kind of thing. Like she could die. And then the other main character, Sean is a human, normal sized human. And they call him beans in the movie. (laughs) And his scale is not nearly as huge because he's just trying to keep this girl hidden from his nosy aunt. But, um, they juggle this really well, I feel like. And, um, it's got a lot of heart and Arietti's a really strong character. I don't know. I really liked her. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a simple, short, short watch, and I, I really enjoy. It. I think it's good. I think it's a good movie that you can watch and feel in in English dub, and not even feel like it's a Japanese movie, which is might be beneficial to someone just trying to get into the Ghibli movies. Yeah, it feels like an Americanized cartoon almost. Yes. The yeah. animation is a little better, especially in some of the scenes where Sean's sitting in the garden and the lights like shining down on him, and he has like the cat there. Um, there's just like a still shot and it's just gorgeous. Yeah. Um, yes. yep. 
and uh the the theming of the movie is is quite good just the interesting thought provoking idea of there being these little people living in the house and how are they going to like move around the house and how are they going to like eat and like what are they going to eat and all that is very yeah. interesting in Arietti. Mm-hmm. Kelly, you sounded surprised when I said Arietti. <laughs> I I think Arietti is great and like you said yeah, Arietti herself is just a really fun character. Um yeah, it's just one that I I never like really want to rewatch necessarily. So it's just not high on my list of Ghibli films at all in any way, but I do think it would be a great place for people to start for sure. Mm, yeah. So in the in the data I found of all the different rankings, the average ranking is uh, 16, which is like fifth to last on the uh, on average or something like that. So um, not extremely well liked for some reason in comparison to the others, which are all phenomenal. Yeah. But it did have the highest standard deviation, which means if we're getting really into the statistics here, it does mean that um, a lot of people like it compared to like there's quite a bit of discrepancy some a lot of people do like it based on some people really don't yeah for for my data i took the top 10 on everybody's list and assigned those point values and arietti is the only movie to not receive any points i can't believe that Uh, i don't understand that (laughs) the only one (laughs) the only one to not receive any. there are some that received one point for being number 10 on some people's list ocean waves tales of earthsea yeah are you kidding me i know we watched the The amadas some people really love the amadas (laughs) oh man all right well i guess we'll move on to your number four kelly all right so my number four is for the history buffs out there. Um, if you like drama and World War II, um, and I am mm. thinking now that you could actually be thinking of two different Ghibli movies right now, but I'm talking about Iso Takahata's maybe maybe even three. Oh yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of World War II, <laughs> um, but I'm talking about Grave of the Fireflies for my number four. Um, this is definitely- <laughs> yeah, yep, yeah. um, definitely switching it. Um, 180 degrees from Kiki's Delivery Service. Uh, This is for audiences who aren't afraid to cry. (laughs) Um, But I think it's just one of those films that's absolutely beautiful, really well done, and just a crazy look at World War II. Um, It's about a brother and sister who are separated from their mother during a bombing of their town. And it's just their story of survival through the war. And it is absolutely heartbreaking and um, just phenomenally well done and if that like if if that kind of a movie sounds good to you uh this is definitely a fun place like well not fun mm-hmm. but it's really well done at least <laughs> really well made. That, that movie is not <laughs> fun at all <laughs> no yes <laughs> but if that's like up your alley if that's the kind of movie you like well guess what studio ghibli has it right there if you are really drawn towards emotional movies and movies that make you feel things Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. grave of the fireflies will quickly become one of your favorites oh absolutely yes we were talking about this earlier today Corey and i uh grave of the fireflies is the single most excruciating excruciating movie i've ever watched and i was comparing it a little bit uh in the ending of it is kind of reminded me a little bit of like Watchmen, but, but the opposite, if that makes sense. So Mm -hmm. the Watchmen is a, is a, at the end where you end in tragedy, everybody dies, but you kind of end thinking 
like did he do the right thing is he a hero is he a villain like there's somewhat of like a question a silver lining there's a little bit of hope yeah and mm-hmm. with grave of the fireflies there is no silver lining there is only tragedy and <laughs> i i typically have only like a i typically have like a stone heart stone cold heart in movies i don't cry a lot this i won't this did not make me cry but it went further than that uh, I was too shocked by what I was seeing to cry, if that yeah. makes sense. <laughs> For sure. Like my mouth was dropped. I was like, what is happening? <laughs> this is so sad. Like I couldn't, tears couldn't come out of my yeah. ma- my eyes because I was too shocked at what was going on. But it is actually a story that is so moving and it just shows that Ghibli cares much more about their storytelling than the box office that oh, they yeah. draw mm-hmm. in, yeah. which j- meant a lot to me. Um so it's not one that I I'm glad I didn't watch it first. I'll say that. But if you are a person that loves the emotional movies, this is going to be one of the best movies you've ever seen. Definitely. Anything else to say about that, Corey? I mean, oh, it is a Grave of the a, Fireflies. It is a Ghibli movie. And so you are going to get those still scenes that are gorgeous. And mm. so there's some it's a World War Two movie in Japan. So, of course, things are going to be getting bombed. Um, that's no shock. But the there's some scenes where um, you see like the, the flickers of fire going by and they are just like gorgeous. Mm-hmm. However, you are so sad while you're watching those scenes. It's hard to take that in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This was a double feature year for them too. And it was good that the other one <laughs> of this year was my neighbor Totoro, which is a complete opposite of like nothing but oh lighthearted, <laughs> silly happiness. Wow, um, yeah. the, the public needed that. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, Corey, you want to move on to your number four? So my number four, again, has been stolen from me. It is the secret world of Arietti. What? Yes. I cannot believe you put this uh, that way. So I, I actually didn't find any <laughs> Rotten Tomato percentages on yeah. this one, uh, but it has a 7.6 on IMDb, and it is number 10 on my list. I have okay. it ranked yeah. above Kiki's. Oh, and I had it there because I just think it's so fun. Like, I am watching that movie thinking like, oh, if I was a borrower... You know, I'd be doing like all of these unique things or I'd use this or um, I would go and, you know, go on this big adventure in a in a backyard. Whereas if you're like a real sized person going on an adventure in a backyard is not, not very interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's very approachable for for novices. Um, I think it is a little bit different than Kiki's Delivery Service. Um, it's still a coming of age story of Arietti. Um, and one of the first things you get to see is her going on like her first excursion with her dad played by Will Arnett, by the way, Lego yes. Batman um, <laughs> and, and rested development. And Leslie Nope is yeah. the mom who uh, also does joy. I like you say Leslie Out. Nope and don't even move on to her actual uh, name. Amy Poehler. Yes. <laughs> That's her name now <laughs> is Leslie Nope. And I think that it is going to be approachable for an American audience because we've seen this before. Nothing in this movie is going to be like, oh, wow, that's like really weird. Um, You're going to see this movie and nothing is going to weird you out, but you're going to you're going to be drawn into the story. There's still um, tense moments. Um, There's a lot of resolution at the end. Kind of real. I don't want to spoil anything. But you kind of like realize like, oh, it it went it like went both ways. And then you just start thinking back to the whole movie. And oh, yeah. Good wrap up to the movie. Man, I'm glad I'm glad you put this on here. I did not think you liked I, it as much as I did. You know, I didn't think I was gonna see Kiki's or Secret World of Arietti in anybody else's list, which is one of the oh. reasons why I put them oh. on here, because I thought that they should still be 
but I was wrong. So uh, we'll <laughs> see if the rest of my list gets mentioned at all. <laughs> Probably. Well, there's only so many that we can go with. I can't be original. And some of them shouldn't be on here. So <laughs> just in maybe, maybe some of my honorable mentions will be unique. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, maybe so. All right. Well, so now we've gone through your guys' five and four. And my number four is is a movie that I, I it might I, I don't I'm not firm on my number like my top three like overall you know what I mean like of best movies mm-hmm. but in terms of movies that a, a anime novice a Ghibli novice needs to watch I think this one falls just a little bit down the list as it's a little more anime like a little more you have to get, adjust to a few things and it's Princess Mononoke yeah this is my number four and I I love Princess Mononoke like it might be one of my f- it might be my favorite of all of them. I'm going to say probably number two, but in terms of ones that you need to start out with, this one may not be quite as good as some of the other ones on here just because there's it's, it's PG 13. So they're a little more graphic. There's a lot more stuff going on that is might disturb or might just be a little uncomfortable for someone who's never watched uh, one of these Japanese anime movies, but it is one of the most perfect stories I think that Miyazaki has ever made. It's action packed. It's like, oh my gosh, if it was a if it was a live action movie, like if the exact same story was live action or any other kind of animation, it doesn't matter. It's gonna be phenomenal. The characters are great. Princess Mononoke or San is what they call her in the movie. She is great. The like all of the animals are kind of some of them are just like what's the word you would use? I was gonna say like uncomfortable, like, but mm-hmm. in a good way. Uh, the, the like animals? apes or like the yeah. the boars like oh it's very mythical they're kind of dark yeah yeah it's, but it, it fits a, it fits into the story so well like you understand yep. why they are the way they are like if you put this uh, next to kiki you know you both have oh, it's way it's way more dark yeah exactly yeah. you both have like kind of kind of like a storytelling of of one's one person's adventure one is very lighthearted and one is very, very dark and action packed. Yes. Yeah. So it does have a lot of action and that makes it a lot of fun. Yes. It's a great, movie, great movie. Yeah. I completely agree. On my stats list here, princess Mononoke takes the cake. Um, oh, okay. With out of 11 of the 11 of the rankings, six of them put it at number one on okay. their list. Wow. Yeah. It is considered one of his just absolute masterpieces even though it came out in 89 is that right uh later than that uh, wait, 97 97 97 oh wow i was way off on that one eight take years i think your take right <laughs> it's only eight years <laughs> it's almost a decade <laughs> in the stats for average ranking it is the second highest on average behind only spirited away but but yeah, it's it's a phenomenal it's a phenomenal watch. Maybe watch a couple others first, I would say, and I'll get to some of those later, in my opinion. But this is one that that should be in your first few that you watch for sure. I don't think it's one to be scared of to watch. No, at, at all. It's it's, it's very it's, it's still very be ready for a couple of things that are going to happen that you're not probably going to see in a like Western film in, in a right. Disney animated movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. So we've gotten through our fives and fours. And Kelly, we're on to your number three. 
All right. Well, we'll just keep going with uh, Princess Mononoke as my third. Great. Nice. Great. Double the time to talk about it. Absolutely. So <laughs> I, again, like you said, it is a little more out there with the fantastical elements and the spirits and all of those things. But if you aren't afraid to just kind of like dive headfirst into some of the weirder aspects of Ghibli, then Princess Mononoke is absolutely fantastic. Um, it, it doesn't really surprise me that it's so high on a lot of people's like all time list. Um, it's just a very popular uh, Ghibli film. It doesn't actually like, I don't think it even hits like in my top five overall, like personal favorites, but not mine either. It's a really awesome one to start out. Really? That surprised me, you guys. <laughs> yeah, there's just so many, there's so many great Ghibli films, you know, it's hard to pick and choose. But this one's really great, you know, if you like action, like we said, you know, fantasy adventure, just a really beautiful, imaginative world. And I think it has one of the best soundtracks of all the Studio Ghibli films. Um, so definitely, definitely check it out at some point, even if it's your, not your mm-hmm. first one. I think it's the closest to an epic. Like if you're talking like a, an epic movie, like you, when you think epic, you think like a Braveheart or like big, like a Titanic or just a, a long action packed movie that is usually live action. If you're thinking an epic film, this is the closest you're going to get in animation, probably. The only other one, like I think How to Train Your Dragon 2 is borderline an epic <laughs> as well with everything yeah. that goes on in there. Oh, definitely. But sure. but I think this is about as close as you're going to get to an epic in an animated form. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And this one, like it, for Miyazaki, Hayao Miyazaki, at least like this was definitely his first one to kind of break away from all of the like kid stuff he had been doing, you know, and moving into something mm-hmm darker and something with a you know a little more action and um yeah so it's just it's kind of his step into something different yeah yeah for, for sure. sure for sure dude we just we just said the exact same thing at the exact same time Corey. i think you owe me a coke <laughs> uh you can have it i don't like coke's gross you can have all my coke great <laughs> well my turn your turn man all right better up uh number three for me is going to be my dark horse pick. I'm pretty sure nobody else is going to have this. Well, on the you list. already had Arietti, which is kind <laughs> yeah, of yeah, but horse. I didn't see that as a dark horse pick, and me. I said it first, so yeah, I got exactly. the dark horse of it. So mine is going to be Porco Rosso. Ooh, all right. Yes, the 1992 film put out by Ghibli. The story follows a World War One pilot after the war. He's in the Mediterranean Sea, and there's a bunch of pirates on the Mediterranean Sea, and they are all kind of ransacking all the cruise ships. And so Porco Rosso is the only one that is willing to fight all these pirates. Uh, But the interesting thing about it is that somewhere along the way, it never really gets explained. Uh, He has a curse on him that turned him into a pig. Hence the name Porco. That, that is the one weird thing that you kind of had to get over for this movie. Mm -hmm. I guess there's one more thing that you kind of had to get over for this movie, but there. There is uh, a lot of really fun action scenes in this. It has the aviation theme that Ghibli just loves. A lot of Ghibli movies follow this really awesome aviation thing that he has going on. He comes up with a lot of really neat designs for planes that might not work in reality, but are really fun to just see in animation. It's something that you can only do in animation. You see his obsession for for planes and aviation for sure. Yeah, it comes up in so many of his movies. This one does it really well, and it does it in a really fun manner. It has a lot of anime tropes in it as well, mm. I believe. So you see some scenes where people like 
jump off clips, do a flip, and they land just fine, which wouldn't happen in real life. But you'll see that in a lot of anime. So if you're trying to get into an anime, this will introduce those to you in like small, bite-sized packages. There's some fight scenes in there where people get hit in the face really hard and then turn around and hit somebody else in the face really hard. Slapstick. Yeah, a lot of a lot of like slapstick anime. And it doesn't feel too weird, those scenes to me. Mm. But I think that's going to be something that might help an anime novice get into it. The only other thing that you should be aware of, I think Perry would probably agree with me, okay. is the fact that there is a girl in the in the anime yep. that some of the pirates are attracted to, <laughs> and she's 17. She's outspokenly 17. Out, she says that she's 17 in the movie. Yeah. But I don't want to, I don't want to, what's the word? I don't want to like talk down upon your selection. Everyone is entitled to their opinion, but the show is called sound like it's gonna be. banter. I hardly know her. So I'm going to banter with you a little bit. Absolutely. I'm ready for this. I, this is actually my second least favorite movie that I've seen so far. And wow. pe- people disagree with me on, on the like major spec. Like some people have this as like their top one, top few Porco Rosso. When I watched it, maybe it's for this. Maybe it's because it was one of the first, maybe few I, I had ever seen. I wasn't used to it, but yeah, with I was very off put by the treatment of this girl. That is, she tags along with Porco as his like mechanic. She's seventeen, and then all of the adult men swoon over her. Uh, the whole movie, and they're literally at the end. the The final scene is like basically a plain fight to win the girl's hand essentially. And so there's some cool elements. They never explain why he's a pig. He's just a pig. You do see some scenes where he turns back into human. Yeah. And it seems but like everything else is normal human stuff. It just in like, I don't know the last, the the last scene when everybody's like um, fighting uh, just, you know, slapsticky. Like it reminded me of like a, uh, uh, who's the guy who eats Popeye, Popeye, the guy who eats spinach, those cartoons. uh, (laughs) That's what it reminded me of. (laughs) Just everybody's I, fighting I totally each other with like <laughs> chairs and whatnot. And uh, I don't know, but it was not, I finished and I was like, man, that was weird. I didn't really like that. So I, I think I have some counter banter to that. Okay. So Fio is the girl that we're talking about. That's her name in the movie. Okay. And she stands up for herself very much against the like attraction of those pirates. Like she doesn't care about that. She's there because she thinks that Porco is a really cool guy. He's a really awesome pilot and she wants to learn from him and this is also her first big project that her boss has given her which i think is her uncle the, everybody grandpa, in the, i think everybody in the in the shop or is all related somehow Yeah, i think he's grandpa i think he says granddaughter maybe but so she this is her first big project that she's been assigned and she wants to see it through which is why she goes and porco is not fighting for her hand the the thing that Porco's fighting for is that the guy is going to pay all of his repair costs. Right, 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 right. So not everybody is there, but the Porco is not make doesn't make any no. And and he's our he's our he's our protagonist. Yeah. So he's the guy that you're really rooting for. So it's like the pirates they're probably going to make some bad decisions anyway because they're, they're the bad guys. <laughs> yeah, Kelly, what do you have to say? We've we've definitely uh, bantered back and forth a couple times. You probably have some opinions. Yeah, um, this is one of the more recent ones I saw because I kind of used this as an excuse to uh, you watch some Ghibli films that I hadn't seen, and Porco Rosso was one of them. So I 
hadn't seen it before. I don't know why. I just like was always like a pig, really? Like what? Um, but it is odd that so many people love it. I mean, that's great. I definitely love whatever you love. I definitely am not one of them. Um, I think it's definitely fun and engaging. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just not my favorite. Um, and it just ends kind of suddenly, which is fine. But I, I didn't feel like I had a lot of closure. It's definitely super fun and just charming and lots of like funny action moments. Um, but not one that kind of sticks in my subconscious in any way. So with Porco on the statistics side, uh, it's ninth on its average rating is ninth highest of, of all of them. Um, so in the top 10, but here's the weird thing. Uh, it's median is seven. Which is where I have it on my list. Which is kind of crazy that 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 its average is so much lower because there's so there's basically a lot of people that have Porco in the top five, and then also a lot of people that have it in the bottom five. So it's a polarizing movie, for sure. Mm-hmm. And I think novices will like it. Maybe they will. Maybe they will. I was a novice when I watched it, and I did not like it. But well, yeah. if you like Corey Miller in general. Then maybe you take you his, might not. his word for it. <laughs> there will definitely be people that, are listening uh, to this that will love it, I'm sure. And I think that's awesome. And you should definitely go check it out just in case that's you. That's a, that's a great thing about opinions, isn't it? Yeah. Everybody has one. <laughs> yep. Even though some are wrong, everybody's entitled to theirs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that sounded Ooh. like such a West statement, didn't it? Um, Ouch, he's not even here. He can't defend himself on that one. <laughs> oh, you're right. You're right. So you just gave your number three, right? So that means it's time for my number three, correct? And my number three is probably one of the least fantastical movies that Miyazaki has ever made. And it's the most recent one he's ever made. The Wind Rises. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this movie came out in 2013. And I watched it expecting to get like a... Uh, another aviation movie about history and the guy who invented like the first steel Japanese fighter plane. And I got that and it roped me into a love story that I had no idea I was getting into. And at the end, yeah, I just had no idea what I was getting into when watching this. It's a beautiful, beautiful movie. You jump right into like post World War One era Japan I believe. Yeah, it's the movie starts post World War One, but the movie takes okay. place World War Two. Okay, and and right right in a in an earthquake is what basically the first scene, and and you just see kind of a flex on animation on uh, mostly two D animation, but there's plenty of three uh, D kind of intertwined with it, and it looks really good that way. It's a movie that some people that are very used to anime and the tropes that come with it might find boring, but as someone who watched it with very little prior experience. I thought it was just a movie and like I didn't, there was, it's very down to earth. Um, it tells a great story. Um, you really fall in love with a couple of the characters. I don't know what else to say about there. Yeah. There is stuff I don't want to spoil about it mm-hmm. for you guys. Has so an awesome voice cast. Voice oh, yeah. cast is great. Joseph Gordon Levitt is John in Krasinski. it. John Krasinski is in it. All uh, the female lead is also a pretty famous person. And I, and I cannot remember their name. Nice. Let me look it up. Kelly, do you have any opinions about The Wind Rises? I agree that it's definitely 
Um, I, the visuals are just absolutely stunning and um, always a, a good watch. Like I, I was the same way and I wasn't really expecting what I got um, when I first watched it, um, but I was pleasantly surprised and I, I definitely have that in my collection. So people should definitely check it out. Definitely. Beautiful movie. We did find who the the other voice actors were that we were missing. Uh, the main female lead, Naoko, uh, is voiced by Emily Blunt. And Martin Short is also in it. Stanley Tucci is also in it. So a couple yeah. other names. All of these Disney dubs have big names in it. Oh, yeah. Uh, I watched Pump Hoko for the first time yesterday. And that movie is not on my list for a reason. Yeah. But, <laughs> but the voice cast might be one of the like low key strongest voice casts it's basically every single voice in it is a, a voiceover legend a voice acting legend maybe not the big hollywood stars but all of them are like uh huge names in voice acting such as clancy brown who plays a lot of characters most notably mr krabs um jonathan taylor thomas is in it uh who else did i mention i had a list of like 10 different names of people that were in that movie mm-hmm. um was Jeff Bennett on that list? Jeff Bennett is in it. J.K. Simmons. So yeah, just loaded. Jeff Bennett is in almost every one of these movies. Oh, everything. Cool. All right. So that is my number three, The Wind Rises. Moving on to Kelly's number two. Maybe we should do a quick recap here of our of our five, four, and three. Mine were Arietti, Princess Mononoke, and The Wind Rises. And Corey, what were your five, four, my and three? My five, four, three, five was Kiki's Delivery Service. Four was The Secret World of Arietti. And number three was Porco Rosso. Okay. Kelly, before you get into your number two, what was your five, four, and three? So my number five was also Kiki's Delivery Service, number four, Grave of the Fireflies, and number three, Princess Mononoke. So going in to my number two, um, and I know these aren't based off of our personal favorites, but this definitely had an influence <laughs> in my choosing of this Yeah, we're title. getting to that point. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, and this is actually my favorite Ghibli film of all time. And it is from Up on Poppy Hill. I don't know if that silence is like, uh-oh. <laughs> wow. What a dark horse pick for your favorite Ghibli film of all time. It is. Well, we watched this together, actually. Yeah. <laughs> and this twist that I don't want to spoil, but I was like, what? It's that kind of movie? <laughs> I, I think I've seen this one three times. I love this pick. <laughs> okay. Good. I'm glad. <laughs> I don't love the movie. I'm going to say that. I don't love the movie, but I respect it. Awesome. I love the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I think, um, yeah. And like for people who are just starting, this is this is my t- top pick for people who don't like fantasy. Um, if you are more into, you know, if you don't want to go into all the spirits and things that are in lots of other Ghibli films um, and fantasy elements that are kind of out there. Um, this is maybe out there in a different way, but um, <laughs> it's definitely just really captivating <laughs> yeah. and charming. <laughs> um, and I absolutely <laughs> love the story, actually. And I love, um, you know, it's twists. And I love that. Uh, yeah, it was just it. It, it really captured my attention the first time I watched it and has like, um, I think like a really good uh, kind of arc and a good combination of things where you're watching these high school students try to like um, 
keep their clubhouse and like keep this um, really old building that they've been using um, because they're getting ready for the Tokyo Olympics in what was it, 1964. And so they're tearing down all these old buildings um, and like trying to build new things to make Tokyo look amazing. Right. Um, and they're like, no, you can't tear down our, our clubhouse. So there's that, you know, plot going on. And then there's that um, other plot of um, these two high schoolers and their kind of love story. And I just think it's really, really sweet. So definitely check it out. The the clubhouse in that movie mm. is just such an interesting I really do like thing that. to me. Yeah. They have all the the different clubs in this like huge building with this huge staircase. And as as the main characters like walk by, you get little snippets from a lot of the different clubs, like the chemistry club, mm-hmm. which is one that's gonna be close to this my club. heart. It, they like run out of the room because something like exploded. The philosopher is hilarious. Uh, you know, you get the 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 club that they go into, which is like the newspaper club, uh, most often that mm. that one is also just kind of interesting. There's like another club sharing the room with them. Yeah. I think it's the that was the archaeology one. Yep, yep. And they just kind of very like self demeaning the entire time. It's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> this is the cool thing about the studio because so when we watched that movie, I loved the first thirty minutes or so, and then kind of lost interest as we went along a little bit. But this is the cool thing about the studio because. Uh, this movie, on average, is the third to last uh, in, in terms of average rating of the 15 uh, different people's individual ratings that I've seen, which puts it uh, 20 out of 22. But like the people like it's not I'm not incredibly off taken by you putting it at number one um, just because like they're just movies hit people different ways. And especially the studio, like there was probably in these 15 different ratings, there was probably seven or eight different movies that. Um, that got a number one uh, spot. So just really just depends on like, there's something, there truly is something for everyone mm-hmm. uh, in these movies. So it's tough to just give you five. Yeah. While from up on Poppy Hill didn't, didn't hit me personally. Yeah. It, it hit Kelly personally and that's her number one overall favorite. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Solid and movie. Solid pick. It's, yeah. And I should, and also like, I'm just a fan of Goro Miyazaki and, um, Tales of Earthsea and everything he's done too. So that's part of it too. Oh. I just like <laughs> love, 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 love um, what he has done. And I wish uh, he wasn't so, you know, afraid of doing more. So hated on. <laughs> yeah. 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 Goro, where, where Goro, would you put Goro is underrated. I will. Yeah. <laughs> where would Earthsea end up in your, in your ranking? Um, in my, all of my rankings, um, t- Earthsea would be number four. Wow. This yeah. is, yeah. this is, that's a good, you heard that's it here first, pick. folks. <laughs> that's a good pick. I, I I respect that a lot. So the yeah. highest on that I found Earthsea was number eight, uh, in in the fifteen different rankings. But every other person had it eighteen or lower. And then the highest I found Poppy Hill. For reference, Hill there's about twenty three, depending on what you count. Was number eight. eight as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the rest of those were fourteen or lower. So, in general, these are movies that aren't super well thought of, but. Even those have their have absolute like people that love them. So even the worst ones, or objectively <laughs> worst ones, because Kelly would fight me if I just said they were the worst ones. <laughs> maybe, maybe I would. Which is not necessarily true. And, and I am not I am not an expert in Studio Ghibli by any means. So don't take my opinion as the one that goes take Kelly's, take Corey's, <laughs> and and mine all into effect, and other ones on the internets because you can do that. Right. Yeah, and everyone's going to come away with from Ghibli films with yeah different favorites for sure. So. 
Bold pick, Kelly, <laughs> with From Up on Poppy Hill as number two. I think my number two pick is not going to be nearly as bold. Okay, neither are mine. But neither I don't I. think that you're going to like it very much, Perry. Oh, am I not? Uh, my number two pick is Howl's Moving Castle. Okay, that's better than where I thought you were going. <laughs> okay, okay. You thought I was going to say Earthsea? Mm, no, I thought you were probably going to go with Totoro. But <laughs> So Howl's Moving Castle is a story about a girl named Sophie who has a kind of boring life as a hat maker in her dad's old shop and kind of gets picked on for not being very pretty and for not going out on the town with all of the other people that work at the hat shop. Uh, But then she ends up by chance kind of befriending the wizard Howl, which kind of backfires on her because there is another person who is in love with Howl and and gives her a curse that causes her to age. So she becomes this 80 or some year old woman, uh, even though her mind is still 18 or 20 or however old she was before. And so she doesn't know how to explain this to her family or her friends. And she just goes out to the area where Hal's castle is. And the interesting thing about Hal's castle is as the title says, it's a moving castle. And, that's one of the things that I really like about the movie actually is his castle is just so interesting the way uh, that it is just kind of, it looks like it's just pieced together. They just threw whatever they could onto this thing and it's like walking around. It doesn't really look like what you would expect a castle to look like, but it is still very interesting. There's a lot of really strong characters in here. Uh, Hal is a super interesting wizard. Sophie is a just a pure hearted protagonist that just only does like the right thing all the time, mm. which it, which Ghibli is really, really good at the main character. Mononoke is the same way the mm. main character. And even from up on Poppy Hill, mm. they're the same way, just like these pure hearted protagonists. And mm-hmm. this one does it well. The voice cast for this is killer. You have Gene Simmons, Christian Bale, Plays, yeah. plays Hal. Uh, I, th- I think he did it in between. I was mentioning this to Perry earlier. I think he did it in between The Machinist and Batman Begins, which if you... The transition. If you have not seen the picture of Christian Bale when he did The Machinist compared to the picture when he did Batman Begins, you should look that photo up. It's amazing. And then <laughs> think about the fact that he did this movie in between those two. Yep. Has Billy Crystal... Billy Crystal, Crystal as Calcifer. As really, Calcifer, who really is funny. one of my favorite characters yeah, in that movie. Character. He's yeah. a he's a little fire. He's like a fire spirit, essentially, mm-hmm. that keeps the castle moving. And so throughout the whole movie, they're kind of giving him this wood, and he's like like eating the bacon. wood, or they have to they give him bacon? save him. Yeah, well, they they cook bacon on him, oh. which he doesn't really like. Oh, okay. <laughs> he doesn't, he's controlled by Hal and he doesn't like that which is kind of like a continuing theme throughout the movie yep. but that so it is a little bit of a weirder movie yep. to put in here mm-hmm. however I think that it's just such a solid movie that I couldn't see it not be on any of these lists Okay, which is why mm-hmm. I had to put here it's number four on my list Okay, the colors in this movie are just like I cannot take my eyes off of some of the scenes when yeah. you're in Hal's bedroom and it has all of the moving parts and all of the colors and his bedspread is so many different colors. When they're on the field there. When they're on the the, 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 the field with the stars oh and the gosh, flowers. Yes. Or when you're in the garden with the with the head witch of the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And he's like corresponding with her. 
there is like that garden is just really really well done the there's some aviation in this movie as well the ships that they take as he's escaping yep that garden that are really just neat in the way that they fly it's just i think the story is really interesting following sophie throughout her journey trying to get her back to her normal age and find running into all the interesting characters in the magical world as opposed to the normal world that she comes from it is is definitely interesting that's a that is a good word to use i think 87 rotten tomatoes critic Uh 93 audience score got an oscar nom nom, it did got a 8.2 on imdb and number four on my list okay nice kelly what do you think of house movie castle oh i absolutely adore it it's it was one of the first ones i saw and yeah, it's just magical and brilliant and um, such charming characters that I absolutely love. Um, there's definitely one scene where, yeah, I'm just like Christian Bale is Batman in this scene. But um, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So exactly. <laughs> uh, but yes, definitely. It's number three of my favorites of all the Ghibli films. So um, I absolutely love it. I, I also am a big fan of this movie, but it's not on my my top five for Ghibli novice, and this is why. Uh, I do think the characters are great. The world is beautiful. Um, it's to put it simply, a very very weird movie. Mm. I think um, with that with the witch that like trans the huge witch that then like loses her power and transforms, and then all the all the spirits and all the the door that cha- like you go the door opens to this place and the door opens to this place. And then Howl in general being as he is, it's a very weird movie uh, to grasp. If you have, if you are not used to this kind of style, I think um, a, a phrase I used to describe it is I said, it's a, it's an all around great movie for someone who has recovered from drug addiction that misses the sensation of an acid trip. So I could see that there is a lot of color. <laughs> I can see where you're coming from. Maybe that's why I like it so much. <laughs> I mean, there's uh, a bouncing turnip headed scarecrow. So, oh yeah, the turnip head is one of the interesting characters that, and he's involved. a. I mean, not that. Never mind. He's nothing. He's nothing. He's not, I'm not going to spoil that. Never. Mind. <laughs> he's definitely not the key to the whole movie. <laughs> the. Uh, yeah. I, I think I was taking an approach to this list as I would suggest you watch my number five, then my number four, then my number three, then my oh, number two. So you're in order. So, so you're saying you would think five is your five is the one you would suggest first. I think so. Yes. Interesting. Yes. Yeah. That sounds backwards. In order, in order in order to get you into in order to get you into it. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, the way I was thinking of it was like a hierarchy of like this is the best oh. one to, to to get into to, that you need to watch. And so, so your number two, which would then be your number four <laughs> on your list, I suppose. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, yeah. that's fine. Yeah. It's a good movie. It's it's a good movie. You just gotta you. I would say out of Corey's list. Don't start with House Moving Castle. <laughs> start with Arietti, maybe. Maybe then go to House Moving Castle from there. <laughs> from Corey's list, specifically. If you want to listen to Perry. <laughs> <laughs> or you could just go right into it and then and then let Corey know how much you feel like you were on acid. Please, please let me know how much you like Christian Bale. Yeah. All right. Uh, my number two. Uh, now we're basically getting into, like, so my, my Dark Horse picks are over we're getting into like my favorites of, of favorites that also happen to be great ones to start out with. And number two is Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind. One of the first movies I watched, I think I, I 
watched Spirit Away, then maybe Porco, then this one, I think. And so I've always been like a person that was like pro, like Ray is Bay from Star Wars, like Ray's, Ray being a great female protagonist, very strong. And then I watched Nausicaa and I was like, okay, ditch Ray. Nausicaa is like a phenomenal um, female strong hero protagonist in. 1984 i believe like 1984 it's crazy how ahead of the curve miyazaki was with this character it's really just a a all-around great um action adventure post-apocalyptic it's got kind of a mad maxi vibe to it with some more fantasy elements um for being 1984 it is beautiful like compared to the other movies from big animated studios that were coming out in 1984 and that that kind of time period think um the black cauldron i believe Mm -hmm. secret of nim was in this in this time period secret of nim doesn't look bad but it's it's a dark movie without a lot of color i feel like and then we're not going to talk about the black cauldron but (laughs) this movie i think just takes the cake for mid 1980s animation. It still kind of holds up. It really does. Absolutely. It really does. It's got a solid, solid voice cast for the dub. I haven't seen this one for a long time. It has a oh, loaded yeah. voice here, cast. Here it is. Yeah. Patrick Stewart. Uh, go. Uma yeah. Thurman. Yes. Shia LaBeouf. Edward Jones. Yes. Edward Patrick James Stewart. Olmos. Alyssa Loman's Nausicaa. Patrick Stewart. Uma Thurman. Um, Mark Luke, Luke Skywalker himself. Yes. yes, Luke Skywalker himself. Jeff Bennett. We talk about him all the time. Tress McNeil is Obaba. She's in a lot of dubs, and she is um, Daisy Duck. For those who are not familiar, Jodie Benson is in it. She's um, mm-hmm. well known for being Ariel. So Frank Welker is makes uh, an appearance, which probably means he just made the noises of like the Ohm or the just some animals, because that's kind of what he does. Um, he's known for a, a noise maker. But uh, but yeah, it's a great movie, and, and this was I think this would be an, a great movie to just start out with, regardless of if you've ever seen an anime before. You're gonna like it. It's it's a, I don't want to honestly. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna leave it at that. Not give away that much at all. I just want people to enjoy it um, and yeah. be surprised. Unless we have a thing about bugs, like don't 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 go there. Oh, that's true. That's a good point. If you really really hate bugs and the idea of bugs touching you, so yeah. yeah. But other than that, like it's. It's a must watch in the canon for me. And it's my number two on this list and my number two overall on my own list. I I, I had to double check double check to see where I put Mononoke. I think Mononoke is my number three. This is my number two. I think I know what your number one and is. And then you know my, my number one is Corey. We'll get there. <laughs> it's also my number two favorite Ghibli film. So nice. definitely good, I'm glad. good call. I'm glad. I'm surprised uh, when I made the, the statistics – it ended up being kind of right in the middle, the eleventh best um, on average. I kind of had the same for the thirteen ratings um, because two of them left it out as it not being official Ghibli because the the studio itself was formed mm-hmm. after this movie came out, right? Because of the success of the movie, but everybody considers it a lot Ghibli. of people. If you go onto like Wikipedia, it doesn't have it on the chart mm-hmm. for Ghibli movies, and it has like an asterisk that says now Nausicaa isn't in the mm-hmm in the Ghibli thing. Cause the Ghibli didn't exist, yeah. but a lot of people attribute that and some of his older stuff, even um, Lupin, they consider like the Lupin, Lupin stuff. Ghibli. You now. could kind of do the same thing with like, I don't know um, the Pixar films that are, were made before Disney purchased Pixar. I don't yeah. know. It's the same studio, but everybody f- considers those Pixar. I have a friend that's been to the Ghibli museum in Japan and he was saying that they have all the Nausicaa and all the Lupin stuff from before Ghibli just because 
That's Miyazaki cool. Kept it basically all. is Ghibli, <laughs> and that was all of his stuff as well. So they just consider all of that. They're just like, he just hadn't formed the studio yet. That's sweet. That is sweet. Well, the highest rating was number four. Um, so my, my rating of it would be higher than any of the ones that I found online. So I'm, I'm, and I'm okay with that. Sounds like you two need to put your rating list online. Yes. Agreed. And then (laughs) those can factor in. I'll have to get that on my blog before too long, but I have to watch all of them first is the thing. So, all right. That's my number two, Kelly. We're on to your number one big deal coming up. This is your number one movie that you would suggest to somebody that is a, a Ghibli novice or an anime novice. Yes, and I think I need to preface this because you guys had very different ways of ordering this list. Um, so again, mm-hmm. for me, I was just thinking about different types of people, different genres, and I ranked them in order of my preference, uh, but I chose them based off of like you know the different genres and things. So um, my number one we've already talked about is Howl's Moving Castle. Um, I put it it there. And so let me defend myself too. (laughs) Do it. Um, it. Please do. Yeah. Because I think Howl's Moving Castle is the best, that best one to kind of just encapsulate all of Hayao Miyazaki's films and all the Ghibli films. And if you can't get through this one, like you aren't going to like a lot of it. So if you, if you really enjoy Howl's Moving Castle, you're going to really enjoy most of the Ghibli films and all of the Hayao Miyazaki films. So it's got a, I think it has a broader appeal and it's got like action and adventure and romance and fantasy and comedy. It's got all the things that you can want and it's all in one gorgeous, beautiful package. I cannot agree with you more. The way you said that makes a lot of sense. I think, I think when you think of it that way as like, if you can really enjoy Howl's Moving Castle, like if you watch Which that, you can. yes, if you watch that first and really enjoy it, then boom, you are in, you're going to love almost everything else you see, but you're not starting out at ground zero. That's for sure. So right. uh, if you're thinking of it that way, it's, it's definitely makes a lot of sense. Very cool. Okay. We'll continue on. My number one pick has also already been talked about. Well, that I means... Think Perry knows what it is. It is Nauska, the Valley of the Winds. Okay. It cool is... That, but that also means one other big thing is going to happen in just a second, but continue. <laughs> it is number one on my list. I think that this is the first one that I actually ever watched, mm. and I just I fell in love. And I didn't necessarily fall in love because of the animation in this one, although the animation is stellar. I fell in love because of the story of this in the same way that you were saying Mononoke's story could hold up in live action. I think the same thing for Nausuka. If you could do, if you could make the ohms look okay, the whole story in here would just be awesome. Mm -hmm. The just pure, this is the one where I think the pure hearted protagonist comes out the most. Mm -hmm. And you are so right when you're saying like Ray like Ray is Bay, and then you like look at Nasca, and you're like, no way! Like she is just like <laughs> she's awesome. way better. <laughs> she's ster- she's so kick butt. Like she- you see her when she she battles rage, and then she lets it loose a little bit and just demolishes some dudes. Oh yeah, but but she knows like that's wrong, and she has to mm-hmm. you know she has to stay poised, stay like it's not about like her being just some like uh, ba like non feminine like she doesn't it's not like she loses her femininity she's very poised and very feminine in the way that she is a strong leader she, she is technically a princess and she yeah. still acts like it but more and more of a 
brave style where she is still mm. she is yeah. still like going out there and still getting at it and still being very action packed. Yeah. Did you I don't did you give a description of the movie? You said dystopian and she's trying to protect her people and yeah, not kind really. of all the people. Not really. I yeah, I guess I guess like it's one of those you things. You said Mad like, Max, I remember that. Yeah, it is a little Mad Maxy with like they're they're in a post apocalyptic kind of world where the ohms uh, or like the 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 toxic jungle, which I guess I didn't mention in my description, is like expanding, and the ohms uh, can basically are these huge bugs that if you make them mad, they will just demolish anything in their path. But right. uh, and these societies are kind of battling each other f- w- using the ohms, and yeah. just it does not. <sighs> Nausicaa has to ba- has to has to make some decisions to stand up for her people, but also like in people in general. Yeah. Like- just in the entirety of humanity. Mm-hmm. Cause she's yeah. in the same way. A lot of Ghibli protagonist, she sees through the things that people can't get over. Mm-hmm. And so she can understand why things are the way they are. And she has to get that across to the entirety of humanity. So not only is she trying to save her people, but she's trying to save the people that are trying to destroy yeah. her people. She, she kind of reminds me a little bit of hiccup. I was just about to say that. Yeah. <laughs> yes, definitely. Very, very kind of like, kind of like, um, what she's kind of rash with some of her decision making, but it, it, it's always with a good heart. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you know. So, and I feel like now you guys both put Nasca Value Wind on your list. It's and again, like it's my number two favorite, and I didn't put it on here because again. Like I feel like it's too similar to Princess Mononoke, and I feel like more people mm. are gonna like Princess Mononoke than Nausicaa. But maybe I'm wrong because both of you guys mm. like it a lot too. So but what I'm yes. saying and what we're saying is that they're gonna love Princess Mononoke. But in in the order of my list, at least, I guess his is we have no idea. But in the order of my list, they should end up watching Na- Nausicaa before Princess Mononoke because mm-hmm. then that'll lead them into getting a little more extreme with the way that that goes down. And I don't have Mononoke on my top yeah, five all. because I thought that this just did that a little bit better. Okay. For sure. That's fair. But that the crazy thing is about that pick <laughs> is that what, what's not going to end up on any of our lists. I know. Mm-hmm. I know. I am not picking. There's Spirited two, away. there's two movies. I am not picking gonna, my neighbor Totoro. Yeah. And yeah. that means that, those two both if any if anybody is a is like a true GB fan listening to this already, they're gonna, be they're gonna their jaws gonna be on the floor. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, we didn't pick the one that won the Oscar. Yeah, well, I think at the same time, Spirit Away is is more of the the American like favorite or like yeah. the one you think of because of that because it was the one that was the most widely distributed. Ah. Uh, I don't know. I think it's one of the Japanese favorites as well because it is the highest grossing so film I, I, in Japan ever. I mentioned this to you, Perry, Actually, but I have a friend not. who uh, is. Is it uh, not? Your name has surpassed. Your name has surpassed um, Spirited Away. Just want to like drop that in there. Fair enough. That's I need to watch that. that still. Yeah, we're, that's one we still both need it. to watch. We found the oh. DVD, but we haven't watched it. The so. Did you buy the DVD? No, I didn't buy. Oh it. well, then what's the point of finding the DVD if you didn't? Well, buy we know it? where we can get it. <laughs> So, um, we were talking about Spirited Away. I have a friend that is like, fluent in Japanese, visits mm-hmm. Japan every year, has kids over there and an ex-wife over there. And I've been talking to him about this, knowing that this podcast is coming up. Mm-hmm. And I asked, you know, what are some of your favorites? And Spirited Away 
came up and it was because it involves so many of the Japanese spirits that we just don't, we're not like really oh, okay. familiar with that mm-hmm. as they're watching the movie, they're like, Oh, that's that spirit. No, that's that one. Even if they don't have a big role mm-hmm. and the ones that do really hold true to the Japanese heritage. And so they're like, Oh, that's really cool that we're like, get to see this. And some of like the twist, uh, a lot of the, I think a lot of the Japanese people can really relate to. I can't speak mm-hmm. for them. I'm not trying to speak for them, but I think, that I think it is one of the top ones over there as well. Also, yeah. the animation is just yeah. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. So my, this my, also isn't on any of our yeah. list. And we're still talking. <laughs> my about neighbor it. Totoro, I don't particularly love, but I do love Spirited Away, and, and it is in my honorable mentions. But my number one is actually Castle in the Sky from 1986, which is crazy because my top two are the first two, the oldest two, uh, <laughs> Studio Ghibli movies. But this movie, I just. I think I watched it. Maybe it was, maybe it's like the fourth or fifth Ghibli movie I watched, and I was blown away uh, by the story. It's it's got a lot of action. It's got a lot of comedy. It's got a lot of heart. Uh, it does the trope, the the kind of Japanese trope of like, um, it, it's really the story about these two young kids of their names. Okay, it's been a while since I Shita, Shita and, and uh, um, it starts with a P. I think it's like Pazu. Muska. Is it Pazu? I love. Oh, I think Pazu is it. Scroll right. up to the top where they Why have is it the. Not there though. There it is. Pazu. Pazu. Pazu and Shita are the main two kids. And Muska. Yeah, Colonel Muska. That's one of my favorite things about the movie is his name. Yeah. Uh, So basically, she starts off the movie falling from the sky. And yeah, Mark Hamill is in this as well. Jim Cummings, Andy Dick, Corey Burton, Tress McNeil. But she falls from the sky very slowly. And and our male character Pazu catches her. They're probably both about 12 years old. Would you say something like that? Something like that. But yeah. He's already working in like the mine. Yeah. Child labor is very present in this movie. Yeah. And he lives on his own, I think. So that's kind of weird, but anyway, he does live on his own. I think his parents died as soon as he like, as soon as they like meet each other, then it's like from there on, it just kicks off an adventure that they go on together. And it's like, her crystal is like the key to finding the, the her crystal necklace is like the key to finding the castle in the sky. There's some people that are chasing her that are like the government, but they you you they're kind of like helping in a sense. And then there's then there's these characters that are like pirates and they're trying to steal they, they it want to get to get to the for yeah. the riches from the castle of the sky. So uh it's it's got a lot of twists, a lot of turns, a lot of slow moments where it can where it can slow itself down and give you some heart and show you um, the story between our two main characters, the 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 kind of romance um, or even just uh, bond that they're starting to build. It, it's kind of rough around the edges, but yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't really know how to how to defend it without just saying this is the most complete story I felt it just gives you a little bit of everything and it's not too out there. I think it's the most simple in terms of the animation. It's not a super um, uniquely animated film. The characters are very simple, but the colors are vibrant and um, the backgrounds are probably what's the most beautiful about the film. The backgrounds are spectacular for sure. I've heard people related to like a Michael Bay movie. With a lot of big Uh, explosions and things that happen. It would be one of the more Michael Bay movies of, but I don't think Michael Bay does as good a job of, of slowing down and showing you the heart of the movie that this movie does. Mm-hmm. So Miyazaki did a great job. Mm-hmm. Kelly, you seem to think that this is an interesting pick. <laughs> I do. I, I'm just trying to think because honestly, it's just been so long since I've watched Castle in the Sky. Um, I remember like enjoying it a lot, but yeah, I just haven't rewatched it in such a long time. Um, and it doesn't... Um, 
it's not necessarily on my top uh, list at all, but it is a beautiful film and like definitely a fun experience that I think a lot of people will enjoy. Yeah. So I did rewatch this one because I did, I like you, I did not remember a whole lot from it Mm -hmm. and it just came. All of the feelings came back to me. Number two on my list. Number two. Is this number two on your normal list? This is number two on my normal list. Hmm, Your overall. Why did you not put it? Why did you not include it in your list for people for, for anime novices then? Because I thought that some of these other movies would get you into some more of the feelings of Ghibli. Okay. And I really wanted to put Nausicaa in there. Hmm. So it was going to be between like Nausicaa and Laputa, Castle in the Sky. Mm-hmm. Has another name, Laputa. Well, so La- La- Laputa, Laputa, yeah. Castle in the Sky is what it's at, what it came out as, <laughs> yeah. but that that means it's, bad things in Spanish. Yeah. I think, so, so just so just think of it as Castle in the Sky, Castle in the Sky. Uh, the the scenes where um, uh, Pazu is like playing the trumpet on the roof, and where they are on the top of the airship. Oh, the yeah. scenes where Perry's that's, talking about where they, where they slow down or in the, just, in the, they're so on the Island with the robot when he gives her, gives oh, them the, yeah. the, oh, the, the flower. Yes. And on oh, the, the scenes on the Island are just super cool. Cause like you're finally there, you know, you get to yep. experience the Island. It's beautiful. Uh, there is, it, it kind of has, it does this Ghibli thing uh-huh. where it's like, are the bad guys really bad guys? Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of instances where it's like their motivations are just different. Yep. But they're not really all that bad. And so I, I love that kind of view. Noska does the same thing. Howl's Moving Castle does the same thing with the Witch of the West. Witch of the Waste. Witch so, of the Waste. <laughs> Witch of the Waste. Witch of the West is a different movie. <laughs> right, different movie entirely. Uh, so so that, that's a common trope that comes in. And I really enjoy it, especially with how they interact with our two protagonists, which are just so easy to fall in love with just immediately mm-hmm. you see Pazu was like this hardworking kid. Yep. Just trying to make his way and trying to help out the town really. And then you see Shita who is kind of confused. Doesn't really know. I think what's going on. Yeah. Uh, the entire movie. And then you see the town kind of come together to protect them. There's some anime, there's some Popeye scenes as yep. Perry would put A it a little bit in there that, I'd say me, like me and my roommate scenes. Grant, we we really loved those scenes. Yeah. He really loved this. It's movie got too. some Porco elements, as for sure. But I yeah. think it executes it better. I think Porco goes a little, yeah. little more, a little farther on this. Yeah, line. it goes a little too far with the with the with Sheeta. She mm-hmm. there's there's a moment there's a, a period of time where she's on a ship with about um, she and and Pazu both are are hitching a ride on this ship, and there's about I don't know how however many men, and it's clear the men don't interact with young females very often. So there's this, there's the trope, the Porco trope of like uh, a bunch of men drooling over this young woman. Um, but they don't make it creepy. I think she's in, in this, the way they do it in um, yeah. castle in the sky is she's making dinner and the men just constantly want to help her. You know what I mean? And, and, and it's being, it's a little cheesy that way. Cause you can tell they're all like, you know, all of them are separately just trying to help her. And, but it's not weird. Like it is where they're more respecting Porco, her. Right. Rather, Porco, rather they're than, like, yeah, they're like, it. how can I win your hand? You know? So yeah, <laughs> it's more forward in that manner, but yeah, it doesn't leave like a weird taste. In your right. Mouth, exactly. I don't think yeah. right. castle in the sky Absolutely. is a solid pick. You're number one. Yeah. Cool. So watch that one or any of the other ones we've mentioned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So with that being said, I'm going to round out my top 10 real quick and then let you guys do the same um, with my honorable mentions. So these like still in the same sense, these are not necessarily my 
my top 10 uh, overall. But I think Kiki was my number six. Also thought you guys had that both at five, which is kind of crazy. We all thought that's a good choice to start with, mm-hmm. but maybe not the best choice. Um, and then I went with Spirit Away, number seven. Fan- fantastic movie. But I did, I found it interesting that none of us put that in our... But Grave of the Fireflies, number nine. I debated if that should even belong there uh, because of how sad it is. <laughs> yeah, but it is a good movie. But it's phenomenal. It it's phenomenal. It accomplishes its goal with flying colors. Like, there's probably no movie that better accomplishes what it was supposed to do or what the intention of it was, what the story it was trying to... Uh, push and it does it amazingly it just happens to not be a fun movie to watch and then my number 10 was a movie we have not mentioned actually uh ponyo so ponyo but on the cliff by the sea so i watched this recently i had very low expectations mostly because Corey here told me that it was one i was probably not gonna like the story itself a little weird some things like pretty much every scene with fuja fujinoma what was his name let me look that up again he's voiced by liam neeson ironically Okay, Fujimoto. Every scene that Fujimoto was in, I didn't like that much. I just thought his character gener- in general made the movie a little worse. And then um, some things kind of fell through a little bit at the end. But the animation is absolutely spectacular in Ponyo. They hand draw everything, 170,000 frames, which is the most of any Ghibli movie. It might be the most of any hand-drawn movie ever. I'm not sure about that one. But they hand draw the waves and the water look spectacular. For pure animation geeks like myself, uh, Ponyo is a good one. And then I also wanted to mention Howl's. I really like Howl. I just thought it's a little too much of a, as I said, like an acid trip for me to include. But it's 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 a great movie. It's a solid top ten. Wrapping yeah. up my top ten, number six, I had Castle in the Sky. Okay. Number seven, I had Princess Mononoke. Number eight, I had Whisper of the Heart. Oh, we haven't mentioned Which that. I think is one we haven't mentioned yet, but is a very good uh, love story. It has a constant theme of uh, John Denver's Take Me Home, Country Road. Mm-hmm. So if you're a fan of that song, you're going to mm-hmm. hear that a lot in here. A it's, version of that. <laughs> yeah, and it, yeah, and it shows a lot of hard work. So if you like people mm-hmm. working hard. Yes. And a very cute love story. It oh, is very yeah, much. Yeah. I think it's so I, I, I think it's very similar to Up on Poppy Hill. A slightly, mm-hmm. in my opinion, a slightly better version, but I know it's, you would, you disagree with me and say Debatable. it's like probably worse version. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but they're very similar. Yeah. They're both mm-hmm. down to earth, um, teenage love stories, but also just finding where they belong. So it also is one of the only ones that has like a sort of sequel. Some of the characters show up a in spin-off. the movie, The Cat yeah. Returns. Yeah. But yeah. Yep. I also then put My Neighbor Totoro at number nine because okay. it was one of those where I was like, I can't let that not, it is not be mentioned. <laughs> it, if you see, if you're going to see anything on the back of anybody's car that is related to Ghibli, it is going to be Totoro. Probably. So, and then number 10 was The Wind Rises. Okay. But I put that at number 10 and not my top five because I think that you need to see other Ghibli movies to appreciate a lot of the elements that are in the wind rises. Cause it is like his culmination work. It yep. is his last movie. I can agree with quote that. Unquote. And <laughs> it, but I mean, it is, it is also a flex in animation. That movie has some awesome animation in the story. Uh, I watched it with It'll my roommate you. Grant and you. he was broken. He had to sit on the couch for half an hour to do and do nothing after we watched that movie. And he would still watch it again. Unlike mm. grave of the fireflies. Yeah. That story will get you. Mm-hmm. Kelly, you want to round out your top 10 for us? Yeah. So these are ones that, um, yeah, were either doubles of genres that I've 
already mentioned in the top five, um, but are also really awesome. And we've mentioned some of them already. So number six would be Nausicaa. Absolutely amazing. Um, seven, Ponyo. I would agree that that's like just another really great family-friendly one. Absolutely beautiful. Um, eight, Whisper of the Heart. Um, another one that's on my top five favorites. Um, I, I just really love it. It's absolutely charming. Um, nine, Wind Rises. Um, just can echo everything else you've said about it. Um, and 10, um, Tales from Earthsea, because I personally love it. And like if you're into, we haven't really talked too much about it yet, but um, if you're into fantasy, um, definitely check it out. It's, I will be the first to say it's not necessarily like the best <laughs> made film or best written script ever, but it just like evokes this feeling from me and like the themes of, um, you know, life and death and like struggling with the uh, evil that's found within ourselves. Um, and mm. it just has a really, really fantastic, beautiful world that is just really imaginative and uh, I just really love. And so maybe someone out there will love it too. <laughs> uh, I love that movie. I think from what I understand, like it is the consensus least favorite uh, on average by most people. But I think what I understand about like why that is, there was a book series that was super popular, especially in Japan. And then the movie was very like not respectful of the book series. So for people, I think that's why it did so poorly in general is that for people that are familiar with the book series, they're going to not like the spin that was put on the movie. But if you are like us and don't have any previous knowledge of the Tales of Earthsea book series, you may enjoy it a lot more than than like the 43% around tomatoes makes you think. So Yes, definitely. Cool. Well, that was a lot of fun. Uh, we talked for a long time. Yeah, that was a and we could keep long going. Well, Kelly, that was a blast. Um, thank you for coming on the show. And maybe we'll have to do it again sometime. Absolutely. Thank you so, so much for having me. It was awesome. And Corey, uh, thank you as well for coming on the show. I don't know. We'll I'll have my my people be in touch with your people as if we to see if we need a West replacement ever again. Understood. <laughs> I'll let my people know. But Kelly, the way we end the show usually is we I don't know how you say this. What is it called? What is the ending called, Corey? I what do you call an ending? Remember. It's just an ending. All right, our ending. It's uh oh gosh. We closer, say it's a closer. A closer. Okay. Yeah, that's a, closer. a good way to say that. Good word. All right. So we say a closer, and that closer is stay hungry, stay humble, stay hydrated. So I'm going to say, Corey, what do you want to start with? You want to you go with I'll go, stay I'll go with the second. I'll go with the second. Okay. Part. So Kelly, you're going to start us out with the stay hungry, and I'm going to finish this off with the stay hydrated. Okay? Sounds good. Stay hungry. Stay humble. And stay hydrated. <laughs> <laughs>